0: The Twins blow a late lead to the Tigers on a wild deadline day. So much to get to on today's Locked On Twins postcast. You are Locked On Twins postcast. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Your team every day. And welcome to another edition of our Lockdown Twins podcast. Today is Trade Deadline Tuesday, August second. I'm the host of Lockdown Twins, Nash Walker, here with writer and reporter at Access Twins, Mister Brandon Warren. Before we get to a packed, a packed itinerary for you, Built Bar. Built bars are the best tasting protein bars ever. Get your day started with a Built Bar. Get your workout going with a Built Bar. Plus, there's a new cookie dough chunk puff. Go to built.com. Use promo code Locked15. Get 15% off your order. Use promo code Locked15. Built bars are delicious. Built bars are healthy. Brandon, good to see you. We're back tonight on a wild day. Some good, some bad for the twins. Let's start with the good. They make three additions, three pitchers, two in the bullpen and Michael Fulmer and Jorge Lopez, and one in the rotation with Tyler Malley. What was your takeaway from this deadline day?
1: Outside of adding another starter or maybe a decent bench bat, it's hard to give them anything less than an A-. And I'll write that up for Access Twins here either later tonight or tomorrow morning. But I think you have to be pleased with the direction they went. It it kind of underscored the whole idea where every offseason, I feel like the, tw- the f- Twins fans get mad when the first signing doesn't address directly the biggest need the team has. Well they didn't acquire the best player right away. They got Jorge Lopez then Tyler Malley was the bigger deal. And then Fulmer was, you know, a, a nice icing on the, on the cake there. But again, it just showed too to me that like they had a pretty good idea of what they needed to accomplish at this deadline. Again, I think a bat would have been nice, especially an outfielder, but at the same time, they're going to have a 40 man crunch here coming up. Caleb Fieldbar is coming back. So they're going to have to take somebody off the 26 man. And as guys get back to healthy, back to ready to go, whether it's Kenta Maeda, Jorge Alcala, whoever, they're going to have to figure out some roster crunches is basically the easiest way to put it. And so, yeah, I kind of get it. But great deadline all around. I I gave him an A-minus.
0: It's funny, the Twins addressed their biggest hole. I think we both agreed as a back of the bullpen arm to pair with Wander on. Maybe you thought it was a starter, frontline starter. They filled one of their biggest holes, certainly, in acquiring Jorge Lopez. And still, the bullpen gave up uh, some runs tonight and they gave up the lead. However, Brandon, the, the Twins scored three runs tonight. And it just feels like, you know, on most nights, even if it is the Tigers or Royals, it's been hard for them to win when they score three runs.
1: Really strange night, too. I mean, 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position is going to be problematic, especially when the team against you goes 4 for 11. But only struck out three times all night. They had more walks, five. They struck out 13 batters themselves. So it wasn't like they weren't in positions to do damage. It just never really happened. And I know that Akil Badu was kept busy out in left field. And beyond that, it just you know, it wasn't their night. I, I don't want to say it was just one of those nights because that's a cop-out. It doesn't really provide any meaningful analysis, but the offense just sputtered. I mean, it was cool to see Mark Contreras hit his first career home run, Jake Cave showing some signs of life, which I think nobody would have expected at this point in the season, but on a really good day between this and Byron Buxton not being available, it does put a little bit of a damper on the whole situation. So the White Sox are going to win tonight.
0: They're up big on the Royals, so that should be two games. Guardians are one game back. They also lost tonight. So things are just super tight in the central, which makes these additions feels like important. Brandon, what do you think of Tyler Malley? I know we've discussed him before and he's somebody
1: we've been dialed in on for quite a while. When I when I went back and watched some of his pitching on YouTube or on MLB.tv, the, the thing I liked most uh, there's good tail on his pitches. I think it's his changeup that really gets a lot of arm side run, but he adds and subtracts from his fastball very well. I was watching the first inning and it's 91, 92. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, you know, it's Joe Ryan pitches at that velocity and he's plenty good, but is that really worth a guy you want to give up big prospects for? And then you get to the fifth inning and it's 93 and then it's 92 and then it's 95 and then it's 91 and then it's 96. I like that. I like a guy who has that mental side of the pitching game down. He's obviously got good secondary stuff. I, I'm well in favor of it. I think his home run rate I saw was like 0.8 home runs per nine away from Great American Ballpark in his career. And for people who don't know, Great American Ballpark, one of the more Homer-friendly parks in baseball. So getting him out of there should alone be a boon to his value. Now it's just a matter of what do the Twins do to kind of tweak his pitch mix? Do they make him throw more sliders? Or do they just say, listen, man, we know you're a good pitcher. I think he's 18th in pitcher war from starting pitchers over the last two years. Do you just set him out there and let him go? I don't know. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, just like it's going to be fun to see Jorge Lopez pitch for the first time. And, and you know, anytime you can see a guy like Michael Fulmer go out there for your team, that's going to be a lot of fun, too. So, yeah, it's it's going to be fun to watch these guys go. And, I, Mally, I'm, expe- I'm especially excited to see
0: Jorge Lopez, I'm surprised. I know he's somebody we talked about, and I'm still surprised to see yeah. it happen. I didn't think the O's were going to deal him, and we got closer to the deadline. Didn't seem like he was a possibility. I wake up this morning, and it's it's a banger. What's Lopez going to
1: bring to this bullpen, Brandon, hopefully? Well, the velocity is good. The strikeouts are good, but I love, and I, I said this on Twitter, the ground ball rate, 60% ground ball rate this season. If if you're ever going to have home, home run issues, that ground ball rate will help that very much I mean certainly shorter bursts more velocity and he, I even tweeted it back in May um, and I, I shared it today but Patrick Royce he said he really thought that Lopez had a live arm back about 14 months ago and I said yep to me he looks like a guy you could iron a couple things out and have him throwing 98 on the bullpen in no time uh, well Baltimore posted a highlight video of him and it was him in the all-star game and him doing some things this year and let me tell you, he was throwing 98, so he's uh, he's going to be a whole lot of fun whether he mixes and matches with Duran or whether it's more, um, you know, in the uh, earlier parts of games with Tr- Griffin Jacks, Fulmer. I don't know if he'll get the ninth, he'll get the eighth, or if they'll be real strict with it. But another high-octane arm on a team that has not had very many in the past has is, is got to be very exciting. And, again, I agree with you. I didn't think that he would be coming. And I also thought, too, that some of these trade packages felt like, I wouldn't have expected that to be enough to get that guy. Same for Tyler Malley, too, and and to some extent, too, I think, Fulmer.
0: Yeah, Michael Fulmer as well. we we talked about this. Three pitchers, it felt like they needed at a minimum, right? Is that two mm-hmm. starters and a reliever? Is that two relievers and a starter? I kind of measured it and said, okay, they need a back of the back of the bullpen reliever to pair with the Ron. And they need somebody in like the middle of the late innings. I think you're on board with that as well. It feels like Fulmer certainly fits the ladder in that, but I think he's even a little bit better than, you know, a sixth or seventh inning option. I think he can pitch in the eighth and ninth inning as well.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. He To me, they got two late inning guys. They did a great job with that. And Tyler Mallee's no joke. I mean, when they talked about the Twins being interested in Rich Hill, sure, that would have been fine as their fifth starter. Brad Keller, I like a lot. Uh, I think he got roughed up tonight. But you, you can see some facets of his game that could be improved with a few more strikeouts. But my over-under was two and a half pitchers. The Twins hit the over, and it's pretty hard for me to be upset about that. So – um, more than I expected. Probably easily the best trade deadline in Twins history because somebody asked me for a mailbag, what was the biggest Twins deadline acquisition? And I had to go back and I don't know if it was Orlando Cabrera, if it was Bobby Kelty for Shannon Stewart. There's a lot of trades. Um, Rick Reed for Matt Lawton. They have not done that much at the deadline in the past. So to me, this is easily their most active and uh positive deadline in in franchise history
0: yeah i think for you know moving forward especially after the lockout when we see these responses constantly you see it i see it you know stop even talking about these targets the twins are not going to do anything they never do anything they never sign anybody they never trade for anybody i think they've put that to bed this front office has put that to bed after the lockout Now at the deadline, I'm not saying their hands are clean here. you know. And the moves that they've made, they've made a lot of poor moves or moves that haven't worked out. But, man, they've gone out there and they've been, since the lockout, Brandon, the most active team in baseball. I don't think there's any question about that. Maybe the Padres today. But overall, post-lockout and trade deadline, I I don't think any team's made more additions and impactful additions than the Twins.
1: Especially in the American League. Then you can just kind of nudge the Padres out and – just say, forget about it. Cause if they're going to see them, it's going to be in the world series, but yeah, Correa out of the chute, Sonny gray, um, Chris Archer to that end too. I mean, they had so many rotation holes that they filled right out of the chute there after the lockout and Chris, Ar- sorry, not Chris, Archer, Carlos Correa kind of broke the mold. I mean, I think the, the mold was first broken by Josh Donaldson. The idea that they weren't going to sign multi-years to a mid thirties guy, big money. They broke that mold. Then it was, they're not going to sign the best free agent on the market or anyone near it. They get Correa. Now, It's there. we don't have any idea if they'll ever trade prospects for a big starting pitcher or even a big relief pitcher because the trades for Sergio Romo and for Sam Dyson, yeah, some big leaguers, some future big leaguers got traded there, but not anybody that I think they're going to miss in any meaningful fashion. Um, that last prospect for Dyson, notwithstanding, though he's no longer with the Giants, but I digress. Um. Yeah, they took the they took the mole and absolutely shattered it with this deadline. And part of me thinks we shouldn't be surprised. And part of me is like, well, I also get that it's the first time for everything and fans are entitled to have their expectations and they're entitled to have their uh, moments of, OK, well, I didn't see this coming and I was wrong. Yeah, and rightly so, right?
0: We haven't seen it. As you said, we haven't really seen these things happen, and now they are. The one that surprised me most is Lopez, because we don't see them yeah. invest in controllable relievers like that. I think Valley right. fits their mold a little bit. Josiah says, trust the process. Yeah, trust the process. Edwards said, we'll finish with this. Be nice if this team could hit with runners in scoring positions. <laughs> Another sad yeah. performance. And honestly, we have seen that, Brandon. To be fair, the last couple of weeks, We've seen the twins struggle with runners in scoring position uh, quite a few times.
1: Yeah. And that's something that fans really gain a lot of frustration for quickly. It's like the snowball rolling really fast down the hill. There are certain parts that fans will kind of be okay with failure wise, but runners in scoring position and what is perceived as clutch um, fans don't have a lot of patience for that. And on a night where they went 0 for eight, And looked just kind of punchless when they were putting the ball into play i get it i i I can't argue with that point um you know again they're gonna try to keep getting guys healthy so they can get max kepler back in there alex kirilov back in there trevor larnik back in there it they're gonna be in a good place once they finally have everybody healthy but as far down as you go on the list i mean at some point you're like when royce lewis gets back i mean you could be saying this for a very long time they have to play in the now, and the now right now is Jake Cave, Nick Gordon, and Mark Contreras in the outfield. So it's it's understandable that people are angsty about this, but at the same time, too, one game doesn't mean that much.
0: First pitch tomorrow, a little bit after noon, Joe Ryan and Ty Alexander. Alexander pretty been. good. Hopefully Ryan bounces back. Brandon, thank you, sir. Fun, fun day. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thanks for watching on um, – YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Brandon and I will be here for the rest of the year. We can't wait. Thanks, Brandon. Talk to you tomorrow.